And welcome to the Future of Photography. We're here, episode 101, with Adrian and Emer and myself, Jeremiah. Uh, unfortunately, Chris cannot be with us because he has internet problems. Yeah, nobody's internet ever heard problems of that. and a lot of client Sorry. work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just That's the client a telecom work company. <laughs> anyway, we're here to discuss our theme, and our week's theme is the importance of skill or lack thereof. <laughs> Can I go with the lack of skill? Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> and so we look forward to having a robust discussion on skill. How important is it? in managing one's expectations, intentions, future work, past work, and present work. Oh, I like that. Managing expectations and intentions. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's, that sounds, you've already, ta already taken it to the whole philosophical <laughs> angle. Excellent. Good man. Well done. <laughs> there you go. Making it up as I go along. Just Well, like that's, that's, a skill, that's a skill in itself, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have the skill of making it up as you go along otherwise where would all the podcasts be <laughs> i guess we should really start with the fundamental question is skill an important factor in your photography blimey i think i might need a moment to think about that <laughs> Emo, what, what do you reckon have you got <laughs> uh, i've been tossing it around in my mind and I've been thinking that okay skills um technical skills yes um they're important I've come to a conclusion that there's certain things that you just you can't really learn that you learn by doing um what do you think I um you know technical skills on their own are great but um there's other skills like softer skills like creativity um like how to frame something properly you know like you could be given the best and most amazing camera in the world um that's fully automated and million zillion pixels and you know all the things it's supposed to do everything for you but at the end of the day if you can't point that in the right place you're still going to end up with something that isn't very good so well you know we have a saying um in in filmmaking i don't know if it, mm. it is a saying but it's a saying that i say so i guess it's a saying um sometimes when i teach directing uh students have asked me well what's the best place to think about putting a camera where do you put a camera and um a very wise director who shall go nameless because i've completely blanked on who it was, but it was quite a while ago, said, you just put the camera where the story is. Ooh. And that really resonated uh, because, again, depending on the intention of the image taker, if you're there and you can see it and the story is unfolding, then you can take your picture. Um, whether that picture becomes what it is you intended or are just along for the randomness of, say, street photography, etc. Mm -hmm. That really has to do with the individual artist. But before we get too far along, of course, I want Adrian's view on skill too. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about our picks and then go into a much more dramatic 
discussion. <laughs> okay. So so, like so very quickly before we do our picks, then I, 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 I think in my mind, this breaks down to two or three things. I think at one end, you know, that are sort of on a spectrum. So at the one end, you've got the technical skill, like manipulation of equipment. I think at the other end, you've got the creative uh, muse, let's say, which I, I perceive to be a skill, possibly because that's the one that I struggle with the most. <laughs> And then in the middle, I think you've got craft, which is a blend of the two, which is once you've, you know, which is where you apply the technical knowledge and know how to the creative task at hand to try and create the output you're after. I think there's also social skills. So, for example, um, it's very possible to be a portrait photographer, um, very formal in a studio be surrounded by a bevy of highly technically qualified assistants who will set everything up and uh, even meter for you. However, your ability to communicate and mm -hmm. relax or, or not your subject to be able to pull out what it is you are looking for and then take that image, that's another skill. That's a social skill. If you're on the street and people are going, don't take my... Don't. Mm. Having a skill that relaxes them and go, ah, just, you know, you, you and your, you know, your monster friend look so appealing in this context. I'd love to take your picture. And sometimes they'll just come around and see you mm -hmm. not as a threat, but as, as someone who creates a little bit of a moment of significance for them and, mm -hmm. and all moves forward. So there are a lot of different um, approaches to understanding what skill is. Um, I always think before we get too deep in is, is really always comes back to what you really want to achieve. And that could be achieve in process or achieve in a finished product or achieve some satisfaction for a client or even achieve something that moves you to the next le uh, level, even though um, it may, the image may not have, quote, succeeded or be flawed, but it inspires you to move on. So that would also be a success. Um, but before we kind of really drill down on this, I think our picks may reveal something uh, adjacent to scale. So why don't we start with you, Adrian? Okay, yeah, sure. So this one, I think, I, I think I can make a, a decent link between my pick of the week and and or my sorry, my phot photography highlight for the week and and uh, the the topic at hand. So I um I, I funny enough the other day I bought a magazine at a railway station the other day, which is not something I do very often. Um, and uh, I'm always on the search for good photography magazines and. Uh, maybe I'm just a bit too picky because I very rarely satisfied with the magazines I find. But um, one of the ones I do occasionally buy is called Black and White Photography Magazine. So shout out to them because this is where I saw the work of this person. Um, and uh, there's a link in the show notes uh, to to uh, the website. And, and I'm talking here about uh, somebody called Trent Mitchell, uh, a name I, I've not previously been aware of. Um, but Trent Mitchell is uh, from Australia, I believe, uh, and has a, a body of work, uh, which the link will take you to, called Inner Atlas. And it is a series of portraits of body surfers, so people who surf without boards, 
um, taken primarily underwater and in the waves. And uh, they just blew me away, quite frankly. Um, and I don't say that often about photography. <laughs> I just look at these things. They are uh, amazing because they are yeah, they're technically very challenging to capture because you're in huge waves underwater uh, with fast moving objects. Uh, they are they are portraits in a sense that they are uh, sort of they reveal the uh, the raw emotion of the subjects as they're the, as they're undertaking this body surfing thing, which looks like some sort of suicidal activity to me. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, just just stunning, just stunning stuff. Agreed. And what kind of skills do you think this photographer has uh, well, I'd besides go, being able to swim? I was going to start with swimming, but OK, if I'm not allowed to start with swimming, um, uh, I think there's uh, you know, timing, um, uh, uh, the ability to uh, uh, possibly pre-visualize, but, uh, but, but also... Um, uh, oh, the, the word is escaping me now. Uh, anticipate. There we go. So anticipate. So you've got to, you've got to be in the right place at the right time, um, uh, uh, because these things are are fleeting moments, and so you have to. I would imagine he has to anticipate the the movement of the waves. Yeah, you know, a lot of the photos are collaborations, um, yeah, you know, with the surfers, and so so you know planning it together, but. But uh, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff there, and then then there's some there's some photographic, yeah, so sort of you know, background photographic skills. Like a lot, of he has chosen for his artistic creativity to use a slightly longer shutter speed, so there's a lot of blur and motion in the image. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, quite in this context of such a fast moving environment, what a longer shutter speed means? <laughs> it might mean something like 125th or something like that, but. <laughs> But nonetheless, it's 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 a conscious choice and skill there. So, so that, those were some of the things that went through my mind as I as I was you know looking at these this week. Yeah, his his images uh, in a gallery called I think Tessellated Seas. Oh yes, there's that um, one as well. Yep, with, without servers, just uh, observational um, imagery of of the surface of the ocean and how uh, form and lines. Uh, kind of come together in an abstract way. That's pretty. That's a pretty impressive uh, group of photos, especially in the light of how he manages color and subtlety in all of these. They're absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the really? the tip. No, they they are they are great. Lots lots of skill. I think I I, I would argue in these. <laughs> lots and lots of skill. Lots, yes. Lots of skill. <laughs> so, or, or, or lots of luck. Well, I, I, I think skill, practice, luck, planning. I wonder how much, how, all many, the above. how much film does he go through? <laughs> or I, how many shots would he take? I, I, be, uh, I believe imagine. quite, quite a lot. So, so the, the, the magazine article that I read said, yeah, you know, he said, you know, especially when he first started doing this sort of stuff, his hit rate was, was very, very low. <laughs> Does he shoot on film or digital? He shoots on film mostly, I think. Um, or no, sorry, he started out shooting on film. So there is a large amount of work he's done which is on film, but I think he might shoot digital now. They look Good. like pastels. Emer, what's okay. your what's your fabulous pick? My fabulous pick is to do with the sea as well, actually, and um, it's about a film that uh, is coming out that is produced by and directed by. 
Anu Pictures, um, which is a man called Donald O'Callagher, and he has a film um, that's just had an American Canadian release, but it's it's all it's everywhere now. It's been released in the UK as a film. It's called The Camino Voyage, and it was shot over three years, possibly even four. Um, it's won a few awards. It's a really beautiful story, and just um, in um, your pick, Adrian, and the timing and all that stuff, um, I spoke to him during the week, and um, he spoke an awful lot about the pace um, uh, because the boat that they rode in had such a particularly slow pace that they their whole rhythms had to sort of, you know, flow into... So it's it's very watery as well, but a beautiful film. So if anybody, um, it's worth looking up. And if you come across it anywhere, go see it. Oh, yeah. And it um, stars Glenn Hansard, who is God's gift. So yeah, he how just, bad can that be? He came on board in the middle of the project. And um, actually, little plug for a little podcast I've done with um, Donald himself. So um, he spoke a lot about that and the experience of it and... Um, is a huge project to undertake. So, yeah, go support it if you see it on your travels. Okay. Um, cool. I guess I guess I have to talk about about skill. Um, yeah. Hold on. My my um, pick is somebody I've come across over the last week, um, who is one of the most skilled photographers uh, who uses both the constructing of small models and Photoshop. And his name is Hernandez. Uh, His uh, website, which is in the notes, Hernandez Dream Photography, is an absolutely staggering as in bring me to my knees as someone who understands absolutely all the nuances of using um, Adobe's Photoshop and its capabilities in, you know, pushing things to the real and to the fantasy. And I, I just find his level of understanding how to manage light, texture, of course, layers, uh, composition, mood, tone is uh, an amazing tribute to somebody who spent an awful long time uh, studying, working, practicing this particular uh, or these particular techniques. It's it's a very impressive uh, tabletop um, photography uh, environment in which he works. So I highly recommend uh, looking at it um, and enjoying it for what it is. Oh, they look amazing. The pictures of them at work are actually yeah. uh, lovely, aren't they? Yeah, he has They're videos almost, of his process. Yeah. yeah. Really cool see him with the... Uh, he's like shaking the snow on top of the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Uh, it, wow. It, it is... Uh, it, <laughs> you have to be the very skilled to do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yes, that, that's the, it, it's the very, very impressive stuff, isn't it? So, you know, on the extreme end, I just thought, oh, that's that's an appreciation of, you know, a highly developed skill set. Yeah. But but one that I don't necessarily adhere to in 
my own work. I mean, I, I want and continue to learn more and more uh, nuanced skills in terms of all the technologies I use just because I like learning that and I like working with that. But um, often the kind of spontaneous, random, bad, quote, badly exposed, unquote, image a very slow shutter by accident night work, which is, you know, conducive to all kinds of uh, light colorizations. The happy accident is something that I embrace as well. So I think you can come at uh, image making uh, from both ends, both the celebration of the happy accident and the, you know, the um, evolution of a highly focused technique. Both offer, I think, pleasure in how we grow and use our brains and understand, you know, our our connection to what I'll call the flow, you know, the creative flow. Because often mm -hmm. it's just the learning or the application of something that gives a lot of pleasure in the artistic uh, moment. Absolutely. And, and then mixed up with a little bit of experimentation as well. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Using things in the wrong way can sometimes... So, well, in the, you know, in quotes, wrong way. Do you think that, that uh, photography um, is becoming uh, more or less dependent on uh, evolving skills for photographers? That's kind of a loaded trick question. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's, is it a yes or no question? Because it was a yes or no question. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a very short We'd have show. a very short podcast. Well, so it's, it's interesting, actually, because, you know, thinking about this, I mean, you know, we're, we're not exactly the first people to address this question, are we? And so, so yeah, let, let's be upfront. It's, it's kind of not, not a very new idea to think about this. And, and, you know, there are many, many examples through the history of photography um you know uh, you know that you i've read um you know that in the that in the i guess it must have been in the late 80s that with the when autofocus became a real usable thing for professional for photographers a lot of photographers said well that yeah that's cheating isn't it you know that you've taken all the skill out of it now um uh, and and well okay yeah, f fair enough um and then you know you could you could name i'm sure several other step changes in the technology that supports photography where there would always be a group of uh, dare i say it neo luddites um that, that would would say no that's that's wrong you know you shouldn't be doing that that's that's not you know, you've taken all the skill out of it um but, uh, you know, and 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 it, it it has got progressively easier, hasn't it? You know, to 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 craft, not to craft, to 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 make a well exposed photograph is easier now than it has ever been to you know to to produce that to to post produce it as easier now than it ever, has ever been because we have amazing tools. Um, do I think that that has leveled everybody up to the level of, uh, of uh, artistic or, or professional photographers? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I think <laughs> the the hit rate of the human race as a whole is is, is pathetically low. <laughs> you, you know, uh, interesting. Uh, it's too bad we don't have uh, Chris with us because uh, you know, in music we could we could talk uh, about a parallel and conflate a lot of the technology in music production and music creation, whether it's you know GarageBand or the you know 
infinite amount of uh, music applications, both on the laptop to the iPad to the iPhone that allows or, you know, enables one to create beats and tones and music and even symphonic scores. Um, But does that make uh, the music better? Well, in some cases it may for uh, a artist, an artist who has something to say or express same thing in photography. I think if you, if you're trying to express something and the technology enables that, well, you know, that's what's important is the end game is what's really, really important here. Not that you use technology to enable you. Uh, I don't know. Do you, you guys don't use Photoshop, right? No, I, I use um, Affinity Photo, right. which is, of course, is an equivalent. But Yeah, but, but in Photoshop there, you know, I've been using it for a long, long time and masking um, different points used to have to be extraordinarily skilled and patient to draw masks. But as the technology and artificial intelligence evolves, creating very controlled masks using the underbelly of this amazing technology becomes easier and easier. Is it cheating? I don't think so. It just makes it faster. For can me we to can we come back wrong. to that in a minute? Actually, because because as we record this, there's a lot of um, advertising and promotion around at the moment for a tool called Luminar Four. I think it's I think it's version four, um, which which actually yeah. is, is is changing the nature of the sliders on the side of your screen. But but I'd like to come back to the moment because you said something about the music, which is interesting because often in this case, and we, we talked to or I spoke a little bit about music last week in the context of uh you know uh, being able to perform music to earn a living uh, and and how do we protect the the work of of other types of artists but if you draw a line through time and let's say i don't know let's say you start at bob moog and you draw a line through to brian eno and then gary newman and then trent reznor you know, uh, and you know, e- even these days, uh, people like Clint Mansell. You know, these days, uh, and there's there's a there's a there's a there's a thing there, isn't there, where you've got engineers and and creative people working together. Some of them are creating tools. Some of them are using those tools to create artistic pieces. Um, do I think that made it easier? Do I think that Trent Reznor had it easy because Brian Eno had done all the hard work? <laughs> No, I, I don't think he did. <laughs> I, think there's a, I don't think so either. A, there's a reasonable argument, I think, to say that Trent Reznor took it on the next step and went a little bit further, you know, and and continues to do so. I remember um, a few years back now, actually being at a, a gig in London, and uh, the, the gig was it was a joint headline actually. It was Jane's Addiction and, and Nine Inch Nails. And uh, and it happened that this particular night, um, uh, Nine Inch Nails were playing last, which was great because that particular night they were way better than Jane's Addiction. But the uh, they came that when they came on for their encore, uh, and Trent Reznor said, "You know, we've got a very special guest for you tonight. Without this person, there would be no Nine Inch Nails." Right? And the very special guest was Gary Newman. Um, and they did, and and he he fronted, he sang uh, a couple of Nine Inch Nails songs, but then they played Cars, 
and then they played our friends electric right and and yeah, yeah. you know gary newman backed by nine inch nails is something <laughs> you gotta love it you've gotta love that but the, you know do i think that they've had an easier time those guys because bob moog did all the wiring <laughs> you know i don't think i don't think so well well to riff on that uh several years ago um the uh, UCLA had a conference uh, which paired directors who had worked with their editors. So it was directors and editors who had worked with editors on film, cutting on film and make the transition to cutting electronically. And they said, what is the fundamental difference? And to a, there were three or four groups of us. And to a person, we all said, well, the experimental aspect of working digitally is spectacular because you could just try, try, try. It's non-destructive. You just keep going. But what happened, because you can edit so fast, what happens is the studio then said, well, instead of 22 weeks to cut, a film you've got 16 and then 12 mm. <laughs> like so so the technology was then useful for some things but also started to create um uh, restrictions on being able to just kind of muse over things because of the speed of the of the enabling technology forces the market to put pressure on the artist commercial in that case, um, to work faster. And that has a knock on effect too. I mean, I think, you know, years ago I bought a, the very first Blackberry pager. Remember those And I, I, with the little keyboard and I gave it to my mom. I, I bought it for my mom. And so all of a sudden I started to get like emails like every five minutes from her and she'd go like, Oh, why aren't you responding? Why aren't you responding? I don't have that I bought it for you. I'll get to my email later. Anyway, thought that was fun. But now when we text somebody, we, we expect an immediate response and, you know, uh, as opposed to the art of letter writing, which, you know, could take months, if it's not. a lovely thing, isn't it? Yeah. So I think that the double-edged swords of enabling and restricting are also yeah. part of the discussion about skill. Isn't it nice when the, the kind of two worlds overlap as well? So like taking some of, you know, old classical way of doing something and mixing it up with, you know, the bits mm. of the technology that can help you just mm. reminds me of um, some uh, um, animation stuff that I saw during the week. Um, Paper Panther we, is the name of a company um, that blend like they do cutouts and stuff mm -hmm. uh, or, or, you know, oil painted stop motion short films. Um, so they're mixing, you know, glass plates and, you know, the really old stop motion with, um, what technology can do for them then to bring it all together. And, uh, yeah, I love that. And it's really lovely. Yeah. Mm. So so can, can we talk about the nature of skill then? Because what we haven't done at the beginning of this conversation is def is to define skill. Mm. Uh, and, and that, that, cause I, and I don't know that I have a, a succinct uh, and, uh, you know, an appropriate definition, um, uh, certainly not an all-encompassing one because i think you know, with the with these tools and techniques i think sometimes sometimes the nature of skill changes so going back to 
uh, I, I, I don't know. Let, let's say go, going back to uh, times previous to digital photography, pre, you know, but maybe just in in the heyday of film photography, whenever you think that might have been, um, the, the there was definitely a very uh, a, a very technical and creative skill set to these things. You had to know how your film would respond in certain situations. You had to know uh, uh, that there was a lot of stuff you had to know, especially if you were using, doing studio work and you had to know what the impact of lighting would be. I mean, you could get an idea of it from shooting a Polaroid beforehand, but, you know, I mean, Jeremiah, you, of course, would know far more about that that sort of stuff than I would in the studio sense. Um, but the... you. Know, the, at the end of the day, your, your camera had about four buttons on it, right? It and and so so in terms of camera settings, you maybe had to worry about well, really, perhaps just the exposure triangle. Um, now, though, uh, you know, my my cameras now have uh, an enormous number of of features and buttons and and things going on, and and often actually part of the skill is 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 uh it's almost a skill to sort of you know to uh to extract from all of that world of opportunity something creative it, it you know it can be overwhelming you know because well should i shoot uh you know, should i shoot a high speed burst over there or should i use some lighting over here or should i you know should i choose black and white do i want to shoot black and white but see my viewfinder in color or do i want to shoot in color and see my viewfinder in black and white there's so many options now i think mm-hmm. the nature of skill ha- has been added to in that you've got to extract that you you got to really learn the tools and extract from the tools far more uh consider in a considered manner uh to to get what you want to any, anybody have any views on that would you not say that that experimentation is all part of that process and just you know maybe figuring out what it's able to do just through play you know Ooh, play okay. with it. yeah you know i think that's 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 a extremely practice, very very important skill because that's how children learn skills by play right mm, mm. So and, and play. actually children's a really good example um i i um, i'm sure i've mentioned many times i have a camera a tough camera that my children love to play with but i remember i recall i think it may have been uh it was maybe last year we, we were on a a family holiday family trip and uh, we were just sitting in a cafe somewhere having lunch uh, and my son uh, took a photograph of the inside of a crisp packet because it was shiny foil on the inside and he liked the way it looked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the beginning of a great visionary. Yeah, he actually to be yeah, you're spot on there. He's actually a very very imaginative person uh, in in incredible ways. Um but but I I would never have I would never have put my camera inside a crisp packet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just not something i would ever have thought of to do in fact and if i had thought about it i'd have thought that's a foolish idea because it'll get covered in salt and vinegar (laughs) 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 shiny yes 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 but it's posted in the I I think as technology kind of gets more sophisticated about uh, creating choices 
for the users, whether it's, you know, Photoshop or Affinity or Luminar, whatever you happen to be using or combination, and or your particular digital camera, um, that it's important to kind of reduce the choices. And I think that in itself is a skill. So when I work with Photoshop, I customize it to only have the tools available to me uh, on kind of first blush that are the tools that I use. And yeah. the jillions of tools that yes. are there, I put them in a drawer effectively. Oh, yeah. So they're not distracting me. Mm. Um, and if I need them, I just can call them up with the search. Mm. Same thing on my camera. The first thing I do when I get a new camera is I go through all of those menus and I create my own, you know, if your camera allows it, your own personal menu of the the things that you use, which in most cases may be, I don't know, 20%, 25% of what is available. So there is the not only kind of focusing on accumulating um, technological feats to demonstrate your brilliance, but also reducing the choices so that there's clarity in the process. And that that's also a skill, you know, um, learning what you do not need uh, or will never need is as important as kind of identifying what it is you do need. And I think that goes across all platforms and all creative uh, choices. I think that's really interesting. Can, yeah. can, um, and, and I think it's, can, can we talk about the metaphors that are embedded in these softwares uh, for a minute? <laughs> sure. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, because Photoshop is uh, as old as the hills at this point, right? So, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, obviously it's not really, but, but, you know, it, it is, it is the, the, the grand old wizard uh, of photo manipulation, isn't it? And has grown, let's be generous. It's grown organically over time. <laughs> Um, and but but the 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 metaphors or the or the techniques embedded in the in these packages are changing over time so i would say that in some ways there are things in affinity photo that really um uh, take yeah take a step forward um and one of the things just just by way of example for those of us who, who take portraits and who need to tidy up those portraits afterwards um the the uh, the concept of um finishing and uh, finishing a portrait using frequency separation as a technique to remove mm -hmm. blemishes from your subject's skin and things like mm -hmm. that now um photoshop may have may have moved on since then but i remember when when affinity photo first came out and they you could add a frequency separation adjustment layer and it actually created sort of three pseudo layers and it gave you all the things that you needed to, to, to do the frequency separation thing. And that was built into the UI and you could get that as a one shot thing. Whereas at the time in Photoshop, it was quite, it, there were many steps required. But now coming back to Luminar 4, which is being released as we speak broadly, broadly, I don't know when it comes out or if it's out or whatever, but I've seen a couple of adverts for it. Um, you just have a slider now there's a slider called eye enhance there's a slider called um 
uh, there's, there's one that basically does all the frequency separation for you on a single slider. There is, uh, there's one that there's a teeth whitening slider. <laughs> there is, um, yeah. And so all of these things that, you know, were demanded. Uh, and of course we're talking about technique here again, aren't we? This is not so much the introduction mm. of autofocus, but it is, it is an evolution in the, in the tools available in post-production. Is, is that removing skill? Do, as a photographer, do I really think that the ability to spend hours in front of a screen, whitening somebody's teeth man manually, if you like, um, do I think that, do I think that's a core skill for my photography or do I really just want a slider so I can focus on making images? Discuss. <laughs> uh, I suppose uh, like Jeremiah said, it's like, it depends what your intention is. Uh, that's a different thing is if you're a dentist more image manipulation then you're totally into that zone aren't you <laughs> if you're starting to whiten people's teeth and or maybe i don't know are you just uh, magazine territory i suppose no i i i think you've hit it i you know i think if you uh have an uh, an immense um clientele of uh, dentists and their catalogs then <laughs> yeah. a teeth whitening a slider is something really valuable or if I guess if you're a wedding photographer um, yeah. that yeah. would be something very important to you and it's 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 kind of grunt work to do it um, you know just with mm. the traditional tools whether you're painting it or brightening the whites then you have to lower the whites everywhere else and you have to mask the teeth all of that yeah. a slider a slider is artificial intelligence that identifies those are teeth here's your intention you want to brighten it do it i'm all for as many tools as possible in these things but the design of the tools is something very specific because we have to be able to find them and use them and learn them and and get good at at using them and not overusing them um you know, often the very first new tool that comes out, well, you know, everyone is like, you know, dial it up to 11 out of 10. <laughs> and there it is. We discussed this on HDR. Remember, we had this discussion yeah, yeah. like overusing certain techniques that masquerade as um, expression. You know, uh, you know, it's what we would call production seduction. You know, it's not really coming from a soulful uh, instinct of this is what I need to say. It's more like, look what I can do. And so there is that. But if you if you put a, a, a fiscal spin on it, um, you know, it's going to improve the gross margin on your job, isn't it? If you're doing this for pay. So, Correct. you know, yeah. the, the, the less time you can do, the more, you know, the, the more other stuff you can get on with, you know, if you see what I mean. So, I mean, I think, you know, do I think that teeth whitening in photoshop is a skill yeah absolutely it's a skill um it it's uh it it's not a skill that i have uh, it's not a skill that i it's not a skill that i have an ambition to to attain either but uh, um but it's uh it, it it's there so so this is what i think going back to what i was saying earlier about i think the the nature of skill changes or the skills that you need change you know i no longer need to to be uh, you know to have a a full and complete understanding of how an emulsion reacts to a type of light um mm. you know I, I i know some of that stuff to some level but I, I don't need to know it anymore because i can quite happily pick up a digital camera <laughs> you know um 
do do I still do I still learn about light? Do I still want to understand the difference between uh, you know the various different measures of light? Yeah, absolutely, I do. And do I want to learn about how different lights respond? And yes, absolutely. And I think there is a skill there for that's you know uh, a skill which I would call maybe I would I would call that a a craft because I'm learning it to apply it to a particular image or, or particular technique that I use to create images. I'm not learning it for the theoretical sense, but I, I would like to discuss that further is the differences, if any, between skill and craft. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Over, over to you guys well okay well so, so what when i when so to, so to, to kick us off then what i mean by by craft is is the uh, is i guess in some ways the the application of a uh, of technical know-how in pursuit of a creative outcome at least in this context that's what i mean so do i know um uh, do, do i know how to knit to produce a hat okay <laughs> in my case that's a very poor example because i don't know that but but you know do, do i know how to make use of um uh compositional techniques lighting techniques um camera equipment techniques do i do i have sufficient skill that i can apply to produce something that is close to the outcome, creative outcome that I'm looking for. That's what I mean by craft. Is, is that, is that, Ema, is that, a, is that a sensible definition of craft for you? Yeah, I think, well, in your context, and you're talking about studio and lighting, there's totally a craft to that, isn't there? And, uh, um, I don't, I don't, I've never really worked in a studio, so I don't know a whole lot about that, but, um, Definitely, I would see that that's a skill that you would develop. And like light is almost, you're almost sculpting the thing with light, aren't you, in a way? So it's, there's a whole lot of nuance and, you know, so I think, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Like you're not doing it just for the technical know-how of it, but there's a, there is a real craft in that getting it right or just perfect. Yeah. I'll take a swing. If if you, I think that craft is very much um, a the focused the focus of the melding of heart and mind, whereas skill is really about the mind. Mm. That's how I would differentiate. I I would say that when you project your kind of soulful your humanity, um, you know, a, a deeper um, connection with what it is you're making. Um, you're using your skills, but it's a much more transcendent experience. Where, whereas developing skill or skill sets is something that we start very young in school or, you know, even when we're on our back in our diapers and, you know, we, we learn to communicate to our mothers, we want milk or, you know, there are skills, but those skills are very much learned. They're very much in the head. But once we start to, you know, you can learn how to kind of 
uh, move clay, center clay, spin the wheel, and, and do it all very kind of uh, first I do this, then I do that, then I do this, then I take it off, then I fire it. But when you are applying that skill to the experience of crafting a pot, you stop thinking consciously about your skill and just evolve it into something that is more, I, I call it transcendent, because it, it, it is the creative expression, whether it's tactile or image-based or music-based, whatever. But learning is much more cerebral than crafting, which is much more heartfelt. But that, that's, in, that's interesting. That's a very, very art-focused dri- uh, art Try not to use the word biased. Art, 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 focused view of the uh, of of a skill. Because what would you say uh, for a um, uh, a very surgeon. successful? Well, no, it's good. No, keeping it surgeon, yeah. But even keeping it in, uh, even keeping it in photography. What would you say about somebody who was a uh, a really good product photographer or was a really good? Um, sports photographer is sports photography about the soul uh yeah yeah because i think for example if you're shooting a football game and i'll use that in the universal term (laughs) (laughs) a ball ball of a ball of undetermined shape yes (laughs) whatever it is but if you are um taking those pictures and and years ago when i was just you know, starting out, I, I had a, I got a gig to shoot uh, the Olympics and I, I was covering soccer. And you start to, you, you're so kind of in the game, you're anticipating what players are going to do, how they're going to kind of manage the conflict over the ball or where they're going, the defensive play. You're not taking pictures after the fact you're actually starting to take the picture as it is kind of evolving nowadays with multiple motor drives or you know a digital uh, frames you can just kind of point and shoot but I still think you you want to be driven by your connection with the action on the field and that is a, yeah. a craft the skill is well, to get my image right, I think I'll use a 300, you know what I mean? I'm going to position myself here because the backlight is coming in the afternoon. That's going to be more dramatic. I'm going to slightly underexpose, you know, to bring out the richness here. Uh, I know I need to use a very fast shutter speed or not, you know, uh, to capture that. That Those are, that's the skill. And But once you've kind of made those decisions the act is very much in the hands of craftsmen and that's why you have you know very very you know powerful uh, whether they're you know combat photographers or sports photographers they get in as close as they can they very much work from instinct they have great qualities of anticipation um and so I think that comes very much out of the heart. Uh, interesting, because that for me, I, I absolutely agree with 99% of what you said there, that it absolutely being a successful sports photographer is an enormously skillful thing. Um, I, I, I hadn't 
aligned that with soul though um or or heart i mean but but yeah it's just that that's what makes for an interesting conversation isn't it (laughs) what what makes a surgeon um uh you know quote better than the other there are surgeons who are highly skilled but they will work to very specific parameters and should something go wrong that's when you really need someone who is in a way more than skilled who intuitively knows how to kind of manage a emergency situation and that's you know a the application of intuition, the application of everything they know, reading, you know, the kind of ineffable qualities of the immediate health of the patient, how much blood is being lost visually, what the readings are, and do this in a split second. That's more than skill. You know, that's where you have real talent. And 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 so um, when, when one just uh, kind of when one just focuses on skill without uh, without craft, um, I think that we would tend to describe the work as cold, right? I suppose it, it can go either of two ways. If you become so skilled that it, you become stale in the skill, isn't that the point at which maybe um, the soul bit comes into it that... Um, you know, you can go a different way or learn more or expand more, whereas, um, you know, just cold skills are, are just cold skills. But it's, I suppose, a choice, isn't it? Where are you we know? going? I don't no. know. Practice. <laughs> no, no. I would but, say, like, practice makes you more skilled. But yeah. as you become more skilled at something and you, you almost start to do it in an automatic way so that it's almost it doesn't feel like a skill anymore because you don't, you know, you don't have to put the thought into it. It's almost an unconscious thing. You're so good at it. You don't really have to think, oh, I need this film or I need this light. I think I'm not that's, speaking that's about myself, danger. obviously, but, you know. That's a, do you that's be- a danger. Yeah. But, but I think those who are highly skilled tend to want to keep learning and keep pushing it to mm. stay fresh. I, I think that that is, that's you know, key, fundamental. Keep learning. But how, how do we think that the, the kind of technology of photography is moving and evolving? Uh, is it to um, create a, a, you know, a, a, a population of photographers who have very little technical skill but are able to do something that celebrates image posting all of the the kind of all of the kind of um, features around social media uh, sharing uh, without a lot of of um, kind of thoughts about the technique. I mean, even we talked about hipstamatic. We talked about fil- filters and editing and the application of those on your phone or digital camera um do is that a positive thing um yes does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i've got a one word answer for that i would say i would agree with that and i think yeah. the the more uh the more artificial intelligence serves the creators um the skill sets that they will develop become more and more sophisticated 
I, I, yeah, I think so. So I think this is this is in some ways quite close to what Chris would describe as the democratization of photography. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. You know, so so my my worry about uh, it, it, I have the same worry as you do, Jeremiah. That you know, once we get a slider that whitens teeth, then every photograph for five years will have white teeth in it, <laughs> right? And, and pretty much nothing else, right? So so the, these things. So it's a double edged sword, I think. Because you do end up with a lot of, uh, you do end up with a, a lot of very similar looking imagery because a new tool has been deployed. Um, but that, I mean, that's that's not just because of, it, not just for photography, but that'll happen anywhere. Yeah, anywhere there's a, a sufficiently new technology in, in a creative space. Uh, the, uh, but then there will be the people, the the more thoughtful, the more considered, the maybe the more soulful people who look at that and think, well, how can I use that to enhance my own view of the world and my own image making? And and that then is is where the you know the sky, well there is, there are I was going to say the sky is the limit, but at that point there are no limits. You know that, that, those kind of people providing them with tools. It is what it is one of the things that enhances the culture of yeah you know, our global culture you know, so so you know it is it, it overall i would say i'm in favor of it as, as an enabling force you know for 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 our culture to to evolve and to grow Whoa, deathly quiet excellent <laughs> right because we're probably time probably getting close to time to to yeah. rounding up the show anyway so uh. i think so we should uh, let's dive into our picks of the week okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna uh i've got one that is actually i'm i'm kind of cheating so i apologize a little bit but i'm kind of cheating because my pick of the week is actually also going to be the subject the main subject of a show most likely next week maybe the like the week after um, and uh, this is uh, some new technology that might enable some creativity. <laughs> um, I won't say too much about it here, but uh, click on the link read, uh, in the show notes uh, and go read about it. Actually, uh, the, there's a report on Petapixel. There is also uh, a, a direct source from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, where some people recently have developed an algorithm that can that can create video from motion blurred stills so not not recreating video but actually just creating video so if you take a photograph with a slow sh shutter speed and it has some motion blur some very clever scientists and and probably mathematicians as well have created an algorithm that can turn that into something that is a moving picture mm -hmm. wow more on that next week or the week after <laughs> Emer. What is my yours? my highlight of the week relates to my pick of the week, which is the Camino Voyage film. And I had a conversation with Donal O'Callagher, who's the director of that film. That was really my highlight of the week. I learned quite a lot and it was an inspirational conversation. And um, yeah, it was definitely um, go and check that movie out. If um, When are you setting sail? <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> tomorrow can i <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would if i could um yeah lovely absolutely lovely just um the journey they went on sort of internally as well as externally just it was um it was lovely to get to um share a conversation about you know personal experience of 
making a film like that and pouring your whole self into it. It was it was really a lovely um, conversation. So yeah, that's my highlight of the week. Sounds great. What about you, Jeremiah? Well, uh, since I'm on a, a kind of simulator jag as of last yes. week as well, and since we're talking about skill, um, there's a site called Open Rocket, and this is a um, it's a site that uh, allows you to build a rocket. Um, so to build a rocket, you need some skill, uh, but it's much better to do it virtually than actually building a rocket with no skill <laughs> initially because <laughs> hilarity can ensue. Um, it allows one to kind of really build models of rockets and fly them virtually and see if they do fly or crash. Um, it's a way of developing skills that most of us will never use. However, it's a good demonstration of, I don't know, the randomness of things that just fly through my head. That'd be a really good thing in the school scenario. So, um, you know, in science class or something. Yeah, yeah, it would definitely. Yeah, Very useful learning tool, wouldn't it? Well, you know, I just thought we're talking about skill and, you know, remember the old adage, hey, it ain't rocket science. So <laughs> I just thought I would apply, you know, yeah, it's rocket science. Have you science. played with it at all? Yeah, it's, it's it, pretty wild. I've it, crashed. You've crashed. I was good. That was the thing. Did, I was going to ask, did your rocket <laughs> no, fly? Unsuccessful flights. Because okay. it's all based on real physics, real engineering, etc. Yeah. Oh, very good. Fun. And it's free. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. good. So I think that brings our show 101 to a fantastic close. It does. Yeah. It does indeed. Uh, probably only only left to remind everybody that, of course, we are out there on the Internet, not just in podcast form, uh, but you can catch up with. Do you know what? I, I uh, Sometimes with podcasts, you get people who like to listen to the back catalogue. And there's 101 shows. We've got quite a substantial back catalogue now, all of which is at thefutureofphotography.com. Um, so if you're the sort of person that likes to go back to the times, you know, the time before Jeremiah, the time before Emo, when it was just me and Chris or, or way, way, way back. Um, actually, I prefer it now, I think. But yeah, um, but there's there's a whole bunch of stuff. That's an interesting, uh, interesting point at which to ask for feedback, isn't it? From um, that question should really be thrown open, shouldn't it? The question we've just been talking about. What do people think? And in other words, when are you getting rid of Jeremiah? Anymore? <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> no. I, I meant about the topic. I'm sure you. Yes, no, I'm, I'm with you, Eva. Don't worry, I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah, actually, it's a good point. So um, yeah, best way to get in touch with us actually is through Twitter. Uh, the hashtag, uh, uh, not the hashtag. Sorry. Well, actually, the hashtag uh, TFOP now. Uh, T F O P. N O W, uh, but actually that is also our Twitter handle is at TFOP now. So yeah, yeah, join the conversation. Tell us, um, is this? Do you think skill is is increasing? Uh, do you think skill is or the need for skill is decreasing? Um, yeah, join the conversation, and we'll be very glad to hear from you. All. One hey, thing that we, we are what Twitter poll. What? Maybe sure. we should do it. Yeah, we could do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to do that, but I'm sure we could ask somebody that does. <laughs> and and of course, one thing we have proven is skill is not that necessary to do a podcast. 
clearly. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and with that, we should probably uh, exit stage left before they before they yeah. find out, shouldn't we? <laughs> well, a goodbye to all. Goodbye, Adrian. Goodbye, Emer. Yeah, great bye. to speak to you all, and we'll be back next week. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.